You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. It's Yogi Roth from Pac-12 Networks. Yogi, thanks for taking the time. Like you, I work for Pac-12 Networks. I went to grad school at USC. So to be transparent, I'm biased when it comes to Sam Darnold. I'm a huge fan. But is it fair to point out he was dealing with injuries this year on the offensive line when we talk about the number of turnovers he committed? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to give Sam. I mean, I know Sam really well. Um, we did a podcast all season long, and thanks for having me on, guys. I'm a big fan of both of your works. Um, I think that there's a combination of stuff. I mean, number one, this is this past college football season was the first time that Sam Darnold dealt with the hype that comes with the profession and the position with an offseason heading into a season. You go to his high school year, he was hurt as a junior, um, not a ton of hype heading into his senior year. Obviously, in college, the first year he started, he came on, you know, after a couple games and then blows it up in the Rose Bowl, and he's on the cover of every magazine. So I think there's an element that he would wear, you know, and we talked about it openly on on the podcast this season of Sam all season long. So there was a a new element of getting comfortable. Um, You're definitely right in terms of not only online, but, uh, you know, receivers and having to get comfortable there. Uh, But I looked at his picks, and and Cordell, I'm sure you watched every snap, and, and Brian, I'm sure you did as well. There's only two out of his picks. There's only two of them that I say are really bad picks. The other ones, he's completed those throws a lot. So, to me, it was a combination of a lot of things. I think they just go to his numbers, uh, like some reports have, of, oh, just a turnover machine. Um, it's a little inaccurate. The fumbles are cause for concern. Uh, but but I've known Sam for, for a while now, and he's putting in some incredible work uh, gearing up for the combine. And, and he's going to be a star. I think everyone probably would agree with that uh, when he settles into the NFL. He's still – you know, a young a young man and developing into the snaps that you need and the reps that you need, I think, to, to thrive at the position. Now, you mentioned he's a young man, and, and, and I agree that he does have some talent, but being a sophomore and going to a team, if he's number one, he's the number one choice in the National Football League, he goes to the Cleveland Browns. How does that enhance his star to be able to be as bright as it needs to be when we all know when you're the first quarterback taken in a draft, it's to the worst team in the National Football League, not because he just had a bad year. It's sometimes because the organization is not that good, and Cleveland is an organization that's not that good. Yeah, it's a fair question, man. And uh, I don't know if you remember it, Cordell, but I used to work out. I'd sneak into some of your records when I was at Pitt, and you were at the Steelers <laughs> back in the day. So always uh, a fan of your work ethic, man. But Sam's going to be fine. I mean, Sam's the guy that he could go to Cleveland, and he he's incredibly optimistic. I mean, this young man is – persevered through a lot in his life. Um, he hasn't had anything handed to him. I, I think he's a guy that can go in there and and he's not going to command anything with the way that he talks, but the way that he plays, the way that he prepares, guys will rally around him. You know, I've always felt that the it factor um, is defined as the following. You walk into the room and people can feel you and sense you, but you also make them better. And and that's Sam. You know, I, I truly believe that. In every situation he's been in, in any sport that he's been in, whether he's playing linebacker or quarterback in high school or poops and you know going for 30 and 12 and 7 as a high school basketball player balling out at SC he's got those intangibles that I just think are really unique so I think he'd he'd be perfect there to be quite honest with you is it the ideal situation for any athlete coming off of a team that has had the you know the decade that they've had probably not but Sam's not going to be somebody that's going to look at that if if that does happen and say whoa it's a big uphill battle he's going to say well what an exciting opportunity and He'll turn that team into a four-win team. Let's just play extremely conservative, and they'll love him. You know, and then I, I could see him being uh, among the list of guys that are on that infamous picture of all the quarterbacks for the Cleveland Browns over the last 10, 20 years. 
uh, Sam will be a guy that uh, won't try to fix everything by himself. Will come in and do his job, and he'll naturally just get to work. I mean, he, he to me, he's a he's a big time player, and I think he'll be the face of the NFL, just like quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Brett Favre and Drew Brees and Cordell yourself. Uh, I think he's going to be that type of player in five years. So I, I don't think it's uh, a terrible scenario for him. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Networks is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Let's move cross town in L.A. to Westwood. As you know, Josh Rosen of UCLA has had strong opinions on a variety of topics. How do you think NFL teams are going to view his personality? I think Josh is going to thrive. I think this is going to be an awesome week for him. Uh, I always think of the combine. It's like we, we spend, what, we got six weeks, eight weeks to just kind of hammer around, battle around. I'm sure you guys are doing it daily on your show about prospects and rumors and thoughts and projections and where they sit in the social archetype of the world. And then they go to the combine and usually prove whatever that criticism or thought is wrong or right in, in their eyes. And I think Josh is going to go in and just wow people. I mean, this is a young man who's uh, – Yes, he's made uh, three mistakes in terms of social media, whether it was the hot tub, whether it was the Trump hat, um, or whether it was his opinion on college football uh, in the Bleacher Report article. But he never got arrested, uh, never late. Every one of his teammates would rave about him. Um, He goes to work. He's had three offensive coordinators in three years, and I think a beautiful progression in terms of spread wide open, Noel Mazzoni, super pro-style West Coast with uh, – uh, Kennedy Palomalu, and then obviously last year with Jed Fish, kind of a hybrid of what NFL teams are running. So I, I think he's going to wow people in the meetings. I think he's going to wow the media. Um, I think it's really interesting because his interests lie in the business world, and he does see the world from a different vantage point, and he's gotten criticized for that. But if you have a clothing line or if you want to be an artist um, or want to make movies, you're, you're embraced. I, I think for Josh, it's just kind of interesting that that's kind of been a narrative around him. So I, I expect people to fall in love with him. And, and, again, I think he and Sam are going to be quarterbacks in this class that are going to play for as long as I, as long, as long as they want to. So I could see both of them having eight- to ten-year careers as starters in the National Football League. And Josh is probably more ready right now because of the amount of snaps and the diversity of offense he's had to learn and the struggles he had on a team. When you look at what you just mentioned, which is these young players coming out of college that are immature young men uh, that are trying to find their way and not understanding how serious it is until truthfully get an opportunity like this. So to carry that, you know, making mistakes, how about Baker Mayfield? I mean, he's done something on the field with his size uh, that was better than most. I mean, he became the Heisman Trophy winner, went to the post, went to the playoffs and ended up losing to Georgia, which. That was one of the best games I've seen, I would say, throughout the entire season. Uh, but he has a, a swagger about him that's different than the rest of the guys. Give me your take on him. Yeah, it's an interesting point. You know, I mean, imagine when you were playing and I was playing um, and Instagram was around. <laughs> so I don't think the immaturity is different than when you and I played, to be quite right. honest with you. You know, I don't look at what Josh did or, or Baker at times different than even Brian Bosworth, right? It's just yep. magnified. And I think that's a big, that's a, that's a really important thing to note on. I mean, you look at, I call it the iGen, the iPhone generation. And 18-year-olds, their mental development and studies is 16-year-olds. And 16-year-olds are 14-year-olds. My point is that it just slowed down from social skills, right? And there's an element now of all collegiate student-athletes, and I see at the high school level with the Elite 11, is that they are not considered brands, but they are brands. They have 30, 40, 60,000 Instagram, Twitter followers. I mean, they have an agenda. You look at signing day this past year, a lot of student-athletes in their announcement said, I'm going to commit to, and then before they said the school, before I say my school, I want to thank 
X protein company, X training facility. I mean, they're, they're literally branding companies and training facilities and then announcing where they're going to spend the next three to four years at their institution. So the, the vision for athletes now is just totally different than I think it was when we were playing then. But to answer your question about Baker, I remember him at Elite 11, and I showed him this at the Heisman when uh, we did a one-on-one. I was covering it for the Pac-12 Network. He said, he said, I remember you from back in the day. You guys didn't pick me. And I said, you're right. You know, we missed on you. Everybody missed on you. And then I showed him a picture of himself at, at 16 at the workout. And I was like, come on, man. you got to show me a little love here. Um, and this is a guy who was, you know, maybe 5'10 and a half, 150 pounds, and has clearly earned it. And I look at him as a guy who was a former walk on and got a scholarship. He's got a chip that is awesome. Uh, you look at him as a performer. I'm sure you've studied him, Cordell. Uh, when he's off-platform, he can be magical. I mean, he makes yep. so many unique, talented throws. The question will be around him is his behavioral pattern. You know, same around Josh. Same it was with Johnny. Same with Marcus. Everybody's behavioral pattern, to me, represents and reflects who they are. And that's what you're going to get with Baker. You're going to get a guy with an edge because he's created that in his mind. And, and you kind of have to, as you know, and I know, and B, you've covered a ton to, to just survive, let alone thrive. So I like his skill set. If he is two inches taller, three inches taller, he, he might be considered a top five draft pick. And some people have him uh, in the top 15 right now. So I think that he's got the tools to play well. He can make every type of throw you'd ask. Um, their system um, was obviously wide open. Uh, he's got the competitive temperament. To me, the questions are going to be about you know, his behavioral pattern and, and to talk that through. Um, and, and that, to me, is a fair question. Uh, being around him as I've been, uh, I'm a fan. I, I can't wait to watch him go and play. I think guys are going to love him. But you're right, it's different because now your locker room is no longer young college student-athletes or mature college student-athletes that will rally around you. It's a 30-year-old with three kids. And that's always a hard adjustment for anybody, um, specifically quarterbacks, at least with everybody that I've always talked to uh, that have made the transition to the NFL. So it'll be fun to watch him do that, but I, I totally think that he's capable. Talking draft with Yogi Roth of Pac-12 Networks. How about another USC player? What are the skills they're going to make Ronald Jones an effective pro running back? We interviewed him at the Combine. He's in a very impressive person. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, you look at his background coming out of Texas. Uh, I, I was in the SC facility, uh, I don't know if I've ever told this story, first day of practice, training camp, when he's a true freshman. And I'm watching film after practice with the old staff, Steve Sarkeesian and the crew, and we watch his first touch. And he calls the whole staff in to watch that carry. And we say, yep, that's what the Heisman Trophy running back is supposed to look like if you play out in two or three years. I mean, he's just always had that dynamic ability. You know, overshadowed, I think, from a coverage standpoint, because of what Sam did, uh, was injured a little bit, so that hurt him after a standout freshman campaign. But you look at the way he runs. You look at the style in which he runs. Uh, you look at when he is healthy, how dynamic he can be. I mean, he's got elements of Melvin Gordon, but he's got real speed. I mean, legit speed. I'm not, I'm, I would assume he's going to test. I'm not sure if he is or he isn't. Uh, but this guy's uh, a big-time performer, and when I think people will really get around him. He's got a great point of view on the game. Uh, he, he's seen a lot. I think when you're at SC, you get exposed to a lot, good, bad, and different. Um, you talk to his coaches, uh, especially last year in Dalen McCullough, uh, who really trained him in ball security. You look at the numbers and the way that he carried the football, the way that he lowered his pads and he had to fall forward and get yards. They ran a scheme that will easily relate to the professional level in terms of the reads and the pass protection necessary to be in every down back. And I think physically uh, he's got those tools. So, Somebody's going to get him, and, and he's going to be one of those steals at the running back position because the attention will inherently go to Saquon Barkley, and it should because he's a freak. 
but Rojo's going to be a steal in this draft, in my opinion, at least in terms of how much people talk about him on draft day compared to week seven of the NFL season. I know we have a tendency in, in playing a quarterback position. We would like to talk about that sometimes, but there's a player out in San Francisco that's playing linebacker right now um, that I thought during the first year, uh, Reuben Foster, when the time on the field, he was solid. Okay, and Now all of a sudden you have this young kid coming out of Alabama again, another linebacker, Rashawn Evans. Give me your take on what he can do, because uh, I think they have him, what, content to Oakland, where he can actually go in and help out someone like a Navarro Bowman. Give me your take on his lateral movement and how he runs downfield when it comes down to making some plays on the run, in the running game. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch just the linebacker position, I think, in this draft, right? I mean, Roquan Smith is just freaky out of Georgia. The way they've developed players in Alabama, to me, is as, as good as they've been. Uh, what I'm excited about is, you know, when you talk to players now, uh, is there functional football intelligence? And you look at an institution like Bama where all three layers really fit well together. You look at, you know, the trend in college football, in my opinion, last year was match coverage, which uh, if you're listening, it's, it's a form of zone and man-to-man coverage based on where receivers run. And if they run into your area, you can pick up man-to-man. If they run out of your area, you can pass it off. And, and that group, that position group has done it from – I mean, you can go back five years when match coverage really got going with with the advent of the spread offense in college football, specifically in the SEC. So uh, I think that the backers overall, whether you're talking about uh, Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech, Roquan Smith, I mean, you can go up and down the list. I think that's a position that's going to play a lot because it's changing, right? I mean, it was a couple years ago – there's a, there's a young man at um, UW, and I'm blanking on his name, but he came in as a safety, moved outside backer, and by the time his career ended, put his hand in the ground. You know, and I, mean, I think that you have to have that type of versatility to play, and, and clearly they've seen that uh, you know, from Coach Saban and everything that they've done. So I, I, think, uh, I think that position group is going to be one to really follow overall in the draft, let alone what Rashad Evans can do because he's such a, a, a physical type of backer. Yogi, great information as always. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today on the NFL on TuneIn. You got it, brother. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.